What's up, everybody? Today we got back to the gardening show format of the uh, podcast today. So dove in on some questions related to um, just some general plant care, why, you know, why plants need a certain amount of sun, water, and, you know, personalized care, how to keep your house plants alive, and then also dive in on some of the top gardening tools supplies um, that I use, you know, some things that make your gardening life easier and how to keep your four-legged friends out of the garden. Yo, what up everybody? It's Danny Neth with the Gardening for Gains podcast and welcome back to another episode up here in the plant lab. It is Tuesday, Tuesday morning, August 27th. Um, and actually got some uh, questions lined up for the podcast today, so I'm actually going to remember to get after those and uh, kind of keep that uh, gardening plant show question going on. So um, actually, last time I posted my, I don't know if it was yet, it wasn't yesterday, it was two days ago I posted the podcast and um, got a lot of response from a few people here. So we'll just kind of run down the line and, uh, you know, just answer these questions. You know, a lot of what we've, a lot of what I've been seeing coming in relate to um, indoor gardening. So like house plants, uh, basic plant care, and, um, and then some of the more nitty gritty details. So we'll kind of dive into that. Um, but the first question that we got here uh, actually came from my brother and uh says can you touch on why different plants need different amounts of water sunlight care all right adam so that's a little bit um you know i don't really know all of the scientific terms i guess for for the reasoning behind all of that but um you know when you look at different plants you know almost every plant needs has a different requirement and you know it depends on like the end goal of that plant so when you look at something like, let's say corn, let's say tomatoes, let's say, um, you know, anything that's going to kind of be fruiting or giving you a vegetable or fruit more often than not, it is going to require a lot more, uh, a lot more sunlight, a lot more water, a lot more fertilizer because it is producing something. So in order to, uh, to make that happen, you know, it takes a lot of nutrition, um, and, you know, with that, you know, it needs everything else. So, you know, if one of those factors is limited, if you don't have enough fertilizer um, or let's say you don't have enough sunlight, it can only your plant can only produce a certain amount of, you know, chlorophyll um, as a result of, you know, the photosynthesis that's happening through the sunlight interaction and things like that. So so if you think about it, you know, depending on the plant's end goal, if it's flowering, if it's fruiting, it's going to need more sunlight. When you start getting into things that are more um, like leafy greens and veggies and things like that, you know, obviously they do still need some sunlight, but they don't need as much. You know, it's just vegetative growth. It's only producing leaves and foliage or, um, you know, so, so the, in that case, they don't need quite as much light. But so, so that's kind of a reason, you know, as far as like the determination of the plant. Um, another thing, like as far as like sunlight goes, because I was, I, I've been thinking about that a lot recently, like how, how can a plant grow if it 
doesn't have sunlight or how can it grow with a minimal sunlight like indoors um, so if you think about plants like you know we think about plants we think about apple tree and then you think apple tree and it's just like in the middle of this field and you know it's got apples all over it and they're falling and um, you know whatever so then you know it's, that isn't how that isn't really the case for every plant you know when you go into nature when you think about something like the rainforest um you know it's a vast area that's completely covered with trees um within that you have a lot of tall trees you have a lot of short plants you have a lot of like um ground cover plants but you know even under the canopy you think about it sunlight does penetrate through the leaves um you know, it might not give you like a full burst of sunshine, but then when you think about something like an indoor plant, like English Ivy, um, you know, it, it needs very little sunlight. It can survive off just, you know, bright, uh, indirect light. So, I mean, basically just from, you know, your normal lights that are in your house or, you know, just sunlight, just getting in through windows and things like that. That's, pl you know, that's plenty for, for that plant to thrive. And it's basically because that's how it's grown, you know, it's over time it has developed and it's something that has, uh, you know, has to climb in order to kind of get to, get to the sun, but it's also just, it, it, it's kind of, um, evolved and come into being like under the canopy. So, so it's used to getting that, those low levels of light and that's what it prefers because that's kind of its nature. Um, so that's really my thoughts on that, um, I guess the one thing I didn't touch on is like water. So then, you know, if you think about water, um, you know, we can kind of go back to like the rainforest or desert analogy again, because, uh, you know, think when you think of things like orchids, um, they're another great example of a plant that doesn't need like direct light, but does need some sunlight. Um, because they too also grow on like, um, on tree trunks, they grow just in these random spots in the jungle, and they need uh, just a little bit of a little bit of light to keep going. Um, but that's the thing that I've always found that's hardest to do with growing orchids is just keeping them at the proper like humidity and moisture levels. Because when you think about it, rainforest, you know, obviously it's super humid, it's always wet, and and that allows you know that's the environment that that. Um, plant thrives in. So like if you see your orchid leaves are drooping, that's a pretty good sign that it's not completely fulfilled and not like, you know, recreating what its natural habitat would be. So on the flip side of that, then you look at things like um, succulents and, you know, with those, you're not supposed to water them until the soil gets dry. So, you know, a lot of people will kill succulents because they think they're not watering it enough. They try to give it fertilizer um, but the truth is they can hold on for a really, really long time without water until you, you know, until you really start to see them like scrunching up and almost, you know, physically dehydrating, you know, that's kind of the point where you want to, you really want to water them or if the soil is just bone dry. So, you know, they're designed to go through these periods where there's a lack of water and their ability to hold that, you know, within their leaf, within the cuticle of the plant is a critical survival mechanism. So, Essentially, that's what it all comes down to is survival, evolution, and, um, and you know, that's something we got to be mindful of when we're, you know, keeping plants and keeping house plants is to make sure that they are getting the proper dosage of sunlight, of water, and, 
you know, nutrition ultimately. So the easiest and the the easiest things and the ones that are always the most lacking are always sunlight because you don't always have a window that faces the right way. And it's always water because it's hard to tell if you're giving it too much, if you're giving it too little, if the water is good for the plant or if the chlorine in the water might be harming the plant. Very, you know, not quite as common, but it could be for some things that are, you know, like more finicky, like a lucky bamboo plant or something like that. So I think that's a pretty solid answer there for the um, care, sunlight, water question. Um, the next thing I'll go down to is we've got another question um, from uh, Pam, uh, who's one of my cousins, and she asked to talk about how to keep plants living in your house. So I think this one kind of goes back almost directly to the first question, but the biggest thing about it is, you know, with keeping plants alive in your house, number one thing is the amount of light. I think that if we, you know, a lot of times what we'll do, we'll just put plants by a window and we just hope for the best. And a lot of times it'll work out. You know, if the, if the window is south facing window, that means that it's getting sun in it almost all year round and a perfect amount of, you know, hours minimum of six during the winter and probably something like 14, you know, 10 to 14 during the summer. So if your window's facing south, you're okay. But if not, um, that's why your plants are stretching out and, you know, that's why they're not, they don't look as green. The colors don't look as vibrant is a lot of that has to go back to sunlight. And, you know, you can think about it in the same sense of like, it would be like us not eating food, you know, and then wondering why we're kind of like withering away or, you know, just not, not feeling good, you know? So sunlight is the biggest thing for houseplants. The next biggest thing is just making sure to keep them watered. Um, so again, you kind of have to pay attention to this. You want the soil to be a little moist, but you don't want it to be oversaturated. And a lot of times with indoor plants, you know, they might not have a drain hole, so it's easy to overwater them. And, you know, just like, just like humans, if you overwater, you know, if not, if you overwater a human, but like if you overwater a plant, um, and let's say you do have two inches of water sitting in the bottom of that pot. Um, if you're covering up a good amount of roots, you're actually going to suffocate and kill those roots. So too much water will kill it not enough water where it's super dry that'll also kill it cause the roots to dry out and you know and if you follow the basics of getting enough sunlight getting the proper amount of water for the plant and you're still having issues then that's where you kind of want to take a step back maybe look at um, getting some fertilizer to mix in with the water that you're watering um, the plant with that would be the very last step um, cause I think a lot of people are just kind of scared to fertilize, but you know, it, the fact of the matter that is that again, without food, you know, plants not going to survive. So that's the biggest thing with that. Um, but you know, houseplants are pretty easy. Start with the basics and then, you know, if, and if that doesn't fix your, fix the problem, um, you know, then it probably is a little bit deeper seated issue. Um, so I think that that'll, that pretty much wraps it up for like our houseplant, uh, ideas. Um, the last thing I'll finish it off with is talking about some must, uh, you know, the last, I got two other questions here. Uh, one from, 
guy who my brother trains named Tim. And then the last one is from my mom. So my mom wanted to know about fall, fall bulb planting, mom care, information on moms and asters and, and, um, like what's coming up would be Christmas cactuses and poinsettias. So, um, I'm going to save that for, I feel like that could be its own podcast. So I'll save that for tomorrow or later in the week. Um, but wanted to go in, dive in on uh, Tim's question because it kind of does, you know, tie in a little bit to the other questions about house plants and just plant care and things like that. So Tim asked, um, what are some must have tools or gadgets to improve your gardening experience? Or your best tips for controlling pests, particular, particularly the four-legged kind. All right, so actually we've got, it looks like we do have two questions kind of wrapped up into one there. So I'm going to start off with best tips for controlling four-legged pests. Because um, we have two, two dogs that uh, we've had to do a lot of work on the garden um, to keep them out. So, you know... When I first started the garden, I just got like some metal paneling fencing um, to keep Twiggy out of the garden because she we found out she liked tomatoes, found out she liked cucumbers, and found out she just, you know, like kind of like, you know, jumping through the pots and things like that. So had to keep her out of there. So we started off with like this cheap, crappy paneling fence, you know, metal panel fencing. I would not recommend it. If you're going to do fencing project once, if you're going to do a fencing project, you want to do it once. So we finally dialed it in this year with a much better setup and you know, it's still not like permanent it's not perfect. Nothing is. But, um, what I did was I used a, just a one inch, uh, five foot wooden post, um, pounded those into the ground about one or two feet. I think about two feet just so we could have some super stability. And then what I did was, um, we used a, a product that we carry at gardener's edge called hardware net um, and I just basically, you know, pulled that hardware netting tight on the fence post, uh, stapled it in and it's a really clean look, you know, it's a nice small black mesh. Um, so it provides a nice clean aesthetic on the outside. Plus the dogs can't get into it. Um, you know, I've got it stapled to all the wooden posts. So, you know, there have been times where they've like jumped up a little bit and like, you know, if they see a squirrel in the garden, um, they'll jump up and maybe claw at it a little bit. So that's the only issue I've had, but that's a super solid, um, you know, product, a really way to, good way to keep the, keep the dogs out at least. Um, so the bigger problem would be some other four legged pests like rabbits and squirrels. So the hardware net, that's another good thing that, you know, we could also use like along our fence, um, because there are some holes like in our wooden fence where I think the rabbits have been getting in. I haven't seen them lately, so maybe somebody else has got the rabbit since <laughs> since that. But the last thing is like squirrels. So to combat squirrels, I've used a couple different products. One is a natural organic product called hot pepper wax. Basically, it's just capsicum, um, which is like the hot what makes peppers hot, and it's in a you know just a uh, melted wax product, and then you spray that on your plants. It keeps your plants from basically sweating, so it keeps it from releasing as much water, um, you know, so it, it won't transpire as much, which means that your plants are kind of utilizing more water, but at the same time, that hot pepper um, is a repellent for insects, for deer, rabbits, squirrels, groundhogs, that sort of thing, so 
it seemed to, it seems to work out well. Um, outside of that, I've used products like garlic clips. That strong garlic smell is supposed to keep the squirrels away. Um, but no matter what, you know, it's it, it's impossible to keep every pest out. So the best control for squirrels that I've found is, uh, you know, I open up the back door. When I see a squirrel in the garden, I say squirrel. And then Twiggy and Basil go shooting out the back, backyard. And, uh, and they've actually gotten pretty close to getting the squirrels. Like it'll run along the fence, like just our regular wooden fence. And when it's doing that, like Twiggy or Basil run right alongside of it and push on the fence. And then when it does that, like the squirrel has fallen off and fallen into our yard. And it's been like just a, just a matter of a couple inches away from grabbing a squirrel tail and having a, having a nice crunchy chew toy. <laughs> so, um, so that's one way we've kind of deterred the four legged pest. Um, you know, also a couple good gardening supplies, tools, you know, within that, that, that I think help, but to go on a little bit more about a few more gardening tools and gadgets, um, just to give a quick list of three that I think, um, you know, everyone should be using. I would say the number one is a product called uh, soil knife. So basically it's just a, you know, it's a knife that's about, it's got a six inch long blade on it. Um, it's also got, you know, um, gradient, you know, like a soil depth gauge on the blade. So it'll tell you how deep you're planting. Perfect for like bulbs, um, even seeds. Like, you know, I'll use it to kind of just stick it in the ground, twist it, put a seed in there. Um, you can use it for weed control, for uh, transplanting, for cutting roots, for, you know, just about anything. Uh, it's even got a notch to cut twine on it. Um, and you know, basically anytime I go into the garden, I take my soil knife with me. It's got a ton of different uses and, um, you know, it, it's basically an indispensable tool and, um, you know, you can use it, especially with the serrations on the side of the knife, you can use it to like cut sod, you can cut out your garden bed. Um, there, there's really just an endless amount of, of things you can do with it. Um, but beyond that tool, I would say the coolest thing that I've done in my garden this year is setting up our drip irrigation system, um, which is basically just like, basically like putting hoses through the garden, but then instead of that hose, just having like, um, you know, like a, like a breaker head or, you know, one area where we're hand watering the garden with. I basically put emitters in every single pot. So every single pot has like a mini sprinkler in it. Um, and really that's just really made watering very easy. It eliminates the splash, uh, like the splash up on leaves when you're watering by hand. So it reduces the amount of disease that's being spread around. It reduces the amount of water we're using. And then the other cool thing that I added in there was... Um, there's a product called the Chapin Hydro Feed, and basically it's like a one-gallon tank uh, that I've attached to my garden hose, and you put a fertilizer concentrate in the tank, hook it up to your hose, um, and then basically what it'll do is as you start to run the water, it'll run the water through the tank and dilute the fertilizer, 
take it out into the garden, and basically you're fertilizing as you're watering. And another word for that is fertigation. Um, so fertilizer, irrigation, jam them together, fertigation. But that has been an absolute game changer. Um, a lot of my peppers were really struggling. And, you know, it's like I put fertilizer in the pots. I put like some controlled release or slow release fertilizer in there. Um, but when you hit it with that liquid fertilizer, it's already in a plant in a use plant usable form. Um, so it just makes it easier for the plant to uptake. And, you know, the plants went from being green to being super green. And then they went from being, you know, kind of droopy to standing completely up. And just the overall structure, the color, the quality of the plants has, you know, completely flipped the switch. So set up some drip irrigation if you got a lot of plants. Get the Chape and Hydro feed if you are doing any kind of fertilization. It'll make your life so much easier. And, um, and, and then the last thing would just be soil knife and then a good pair of pruners. So if you're doing vegetable gardening... Um, chances are you're not going to need like something beefy, like, our, like the AM Leonard 1286, but one that I would recommend, um, there are actually two, two that I would recommend. So given some, some good, uh, good amount of tools and, and tips here, but my, one of my favorites is our 1290 pruner. Um, and it just fits really well in your hand. It's a needle nose pruner and it's fairly cheap. I think it's like under 15 it's probably around 15 dollars um so you know really cheap by pruner standards you know some of those really nice companies they'll sell things like that for you know anywhere from like 36 to like 55 dollars like especially like the really high-end japanese ones but you know we use japanese steel on ours too so same thing just a way better um price point so i'd recommend that as a pruner or there's another one called uh product number is RP2 and that's a ring pruner. So it just fits, it fits on your first two fingers and then it just like clips on there so that it, you know, it's like a ring so you can just move around, do other things. Perfect for like harvesting tomatoes, um, probably even like harvesting like citrus fruits or apples, things like that off the trees. But, uh, but yeah, those are, those are kind of my top tools and things that I'm always taking out into the garden, you know, especially you're doing pruning and weeding almost every single day. So I'd highly recommend that, um, would highly recommend getting an irrigation system set up, you know, to kind of just take out some of the, uh, some of the intricacies of the garden and, you know, making sure that you're getting a dialed delivered fertilizer straight to your plants, not all over the garden. Um, and it really cuts down on the smell too. So last year I used a sprayer to f fertilize with my garden with, and, um, and it didn't smell great, you know, especially if I did like a foliar feed with like a fish fertilizer, I'm sure my neighbors hated me, but you know, the plants loved it. So, but they seem to be loving this even more this year. So, um, you know, it's been a really good setup. Uh, got a lot of stuff going and growing on, but, uh, but the year's not even done yet. So we've, you know, the way I see it, we've still got a good solid two months. So, um, you know, thanks for listening to today's podcast. We've got a lot to go through, uh, till the rest of this year. So we're just going to squeeze the fuck out of it and just make sure that, you know, we're, that, that I'm delivering as much as I can on the podcast. So today's episode talked a lot about plant care, uh, 
indoor plant care, house plants, why plants need different care, and um, and then kind of diving into some of the tools and supplies and how to keep your four-legged friends out of the garden. So uh, if you have any further questions about gardening, anything that piques your curiosity or you'd like to hear me talk about, uh, feel free to drop me a line or call into the station. I'll be happy to throw it on the next episode. Uh, but thanks for listening in, and as always, I appreciate it.